Welcome everyone to our monthly live at Be Infinite. My name is Shabnam Abgari and together with Negin Khorasani, we are your hosts today. Be Infinite offers a platform for online transformative learning to realign people with their inner balance and life purpose, which will bring more fulfillment in all areas of their lives. We are gathered here today to celebrate World Kindness Day. Let's have a grounding meditation together guided by our inspiring guest, Chandu, before opening our conversation. Over to you, Chandu. Thank you, Shabnam. Hello, everyone. So let's begin this landing guided meditation. Now that everyone is present on this online session, inviting you to the following guided meditation that helps to bring our hearts and minds into the present moment as well. Please sit in a comfortable position any way you like. Feel free to adjust yourself anytime during the guided meditation. And now, let your eyes close, partially or fully, while taking three relaxing breaths. Breathing in and letting out. Let's begin by simply listening to the sounds in the room, wherever you are. Just sitting in the midst of them, letting these sounds come to you. Now, in your mind's eye, finding your own body in the room, Perhaps welcoming yourself into the room, greeting yourself with an inner smile. Inclining your awareness toward yourself as you might toward a dear friend. your awareness into your body and feeling the sensations in your body right now.
are there any pleasant sensations? If so, can you take a moment to appreciate and favor them? There any unpleasant sensations? If so, can you make some space for them, allowing them to be there, if only for this one moment? Remembering that you're not alone, that uneasiness and discomfort is part of the human condition. And if there is discomfort, can you let your heart soften a little, be a little tender, simply because this is so? Or maybe you offer yourself some words of encouragement like, it's okay, you can handle this. And finally, appreciating the effort and the good intentions that brought you here is already an act of kindness. And when you're ready, gently open your eyes. Thank you. Thank you, dear Chandu. That was a very calming and peaceful experience. Thanks for sharing that. Um, a little bit about World Kindness Day. World Kindness Day is an international observance on the 13th of November. It was introduced in 1998 by the World Kindness Movement that promotes the importance of being kind to each other, to ourselves, and to the world. The purpose of this day is to help everyone understand that compassion uh, for one's self and others is what brings us all together. World Kindness Day is to highlight, highlight good deeds in the community, focusing on the positive power and common thread of kindness for the good that binds us. Kindness is a fundamental part of the human condition, which bridges the divides of race, religion, politics, gender, and location. A little bit about how our session will unfold today. We start the session by learning more about our guest and his work. We will have a discussion with him about compassion and kindness. Then there will be a guided loving kindness um, activity, which is going to be very engaging. As we go along, please feel free to send us your questions in the comments section of this live uh, session, and we will address them in the Q&A segment. Megan, over to you. 
Thank you, Shabna. So a little bit about our guest. Hema Chandu Virisetti is trained by internationally renowned Heartfulness Institute, Center for Mindful Self-Compassion, USA Institute for Integrative Nutrition and Blue Mountains Permaculture Institute, Arania Agricultural Alternatives. His spiritual foundations began with the practice of heartfulness meditation from the age of 19 years, and he has been offering pro bono meditation training as a volunteer at Heartfulness Institute since 2005. Living between India and Australia while being an MBA postgraduate and an MBA postgraduate and working through different managerial roles in the business world, he felt an inner need for a shift, even though being good at his business roles. This inner need propelled him to a career shift journey for over six years now into the world of integrative wellness, learning to become a permaculture farmer and a health coach, eventually going through mindful self-compassion training and becoming a teacher, being able to fully to be fully present for himself and for the ones around him in need brings a sense of purpose and joy to Hemachandu. Please join us in welcoming Hemachandu Virisetti. Hi, Chandu. Thank you for accepting our invitation and for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Nagin, for inviting me. It's really a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. So let's dive right in. I'm actually curious to know what brought you to heartfulness at that young age. Actually, it was a very, um, uh, it's like a small story behind it. Uh, I was uh, fascinated about yogis and their meditative capacities. And um, this was when I heard um, from an English prose at my secondary school years. And that stayed on the back of my mind. Um, and later, it was during my undergraduate years, um, while I was living in another city, when I heard um, from a family friend of ours that a kind of it was still being practiced and, um, and it was not that far from where I was living in that city. So, and I was curious and I was very interested. Um, so I went ahead with my family friend to know more about it. And I actually started immediately. Um, yeah. But then this was just the beginning of it. But what actually brought me closer or made me active in the heartfulness way um, was another episode, which was um, later that year after I started and then um, I had to leave India at that time uh, for my postgraduate studies. So I was 20 at this time. And just arriving in Australia, it was my first time outside my home country and uh, everything was new. And um, I was feeling extremely lonely and uh, cultural shock and I was homesick. And um, I felt very um, hard 
I mean, emotionally, you know. And I was craving um, for some kind of support. Somehow, intuitively, I was searching um, for a heartfulness meditation center. And I actually found something nearby and I reached. So, um, doing the practice um, at this time, um, I've noticed how much it lifted my spirits, especially in those moments when I was emotionally craving, actually, right? So it made me, it made a big difference um, at this time. And very soon I was back on track with what I went there for. And um, it took a little while, but I started to recognize that it was very evident, it was lifting my spirits. And it really caught my attention. And, um, and I started going deeper. I wanted to learn more about spirituality, especially um, spirituality that is accompanied by a practice. So I kept practicing it. And not only lifting my spirits up every time I was down or when I'm in need, um, my moods were getting better. I have also noticed in myself an expansion in awareness. Like generally speaking, it was an expansion in awareness. And I was like sucking, like I was sucking information. I was learning, I was able to learn more. And it was also um, this practice being so simple. It was also very adaptive. Um, in my daily routines as a student at the time, and later in my daily life. Um, it's been 20 years now, actually, and um, easily adapted into my life. So that's the story. So now you know how it <laughs> That's very, very inspiring. And it's always interesting for me how difficult times in our lives actually bring us closer to ourselves and to our that you know spiritual uh, aspect of uh, our life very very interesting thank you for sharing that uh, now the other question is what triggered the shift in your career from the business world to the wellness world well, right after my, um, it was actually my MBA that I did um, in Australia. And right after that, I was uh, actually during the course, I was working um, in some of the positions in hospitality industry at that time. And then very soon I was taking up some managerial roles, both there and I was traveling in between India and Australia. And um, so after many years, like in 2014, I woke up with, anxiety one day. I, um, I was suddenly feeling very insecure, um, feeling unsafe, um, because it was like a rat race those days, um, working um, in these roles and the business world, you know how it is, very competitive markets, right? Um, and we need to survive. So we have to do what we have to do and, and keep doing and we can't stop, right? So um, it was like that. And, and suddenly it reached that peak moment where I was feeling very insecure and unsafe. And I was having a lot of palpitations and anxiety. 
um, even though I was doing my uh, uh, spiritual practice and meditation, but this was like a pointer for me at this juncture that I needed to um, uh, change something in my lifestyle. Um, I felt that. And that need um, to align my work with my aspirations made me search what was that I was missing at this moment in my life. And that search actually brought me um, to wellness world. But at that time, it was my first exposure to um, permaculture farming. And um, my initial thoughts in those panicking moments was food security. <laughs> at all, one day I get fed up with this business world and then leave. And like, if I have to live a basic life, I thought I should learn how to grow food and work with nature. So that, uh, uh, it was suddenly a need for me at that moment. So that search during that moment, it brought me closer to permaculture farming. And I immediately found um, it was the nearest permaculture training center. And I very quickly went to learn and um, connecting with soil and nature. And um, I should say, I'm not an expert in it, but definitely I learned a lot within those 12 days. Probably I was ready um, and I was just grabbing. Um, I was able to connect quickly with everything that I was hearing and learning during those sessions. And that actually brought me, um, I think it was two years, a year later, probably, um, I was, I was looking for something that, that I could do. Um, you, you all heard that I was um, um, doing meditation, meditation trainings as a volunteer, but I also thought, could I do something that, that I could spend time with people, like being with people? And um, so then I came across this integrative nutrition health coaching, which resonated at that moment and it was like an eye, like mind opening for me because it was dealing with food and emotions. And the coaching skills were not that like a counseling, but it was more like a um, introspective, uh, contemplative way of coaching and navigating the emotional blocks um, uh, that we don't process when we are stressed, right? So, and also how it's affecting our body and this learning about body-mind connections was fascinating at that moment. And I was sucked into it. And I, I actually did a, a full course, a, a year long course. And this was um, by the end of 2017. Um, but very soon um, for about an year, I was actually spending a lot of time with myself. Um, intuitively, I was doing uh, heartful self-compassion practices. The reason why I'm saying heartful self-compassion practices is that at this time, I was not verbalizing. It was intuitively coming through my meditations and I was doing self-compassion practices. This was actually because um, I was going through a tough time for that year. It was quite difficult. Um, 
it was actually during, during my divorce. And, um, and these self-compassion practices that I was doing um, propelled me towards quick recovery from my grief. Um, yeah, so I've learned at this moment in my life that how important it is to be fully present for myself while I was going through the pain and suffering of a loss. And this was something new for me in my life. Um, probably it was my first um, strong loss, if I may say. And this was very meaningful time. And I've learned a lot uh, being with myself. And it brought a sense of purpose to me. And I felt it would be purposeful to be there for the people in need. And, and that eventually paved my way to a formal um, mindful self-compassion teacher training. So you know now that how this transition happened, it just didn't happen in a click, but it happened over a few years. Somehow it was happening naturally and and sometimes you can't control life. You just have to flow with it. Absolutely. Thank you very much for sharing those uh, uh, reasons that, you know, uh, again, is tough times in our life sometimes expands our consciousness toward new ways and new skills. Um, now, it's a good time to talk about a little bit about the need for self-compassion and how it relates to kindness? Um, sure. So um, before I get, in, get into explaining the need, um, let me reiterate a few points um, just to keep in perspective. Um, I'm sure most of us here uh, may already know about this um, or at least heard about them. Um, so just to make it easier to understand the need for self-compassion. Right? So firstly, um, studies say that we are just not um, um, reptiles, our background, you know, the science, but we're also mammals. And when a baby is born, they are, they are very mature and have um, longer developmental periods adapting to their environment. So hence, the, the need for mammalian caregiving system evolved just to keep the infant safe by um, staying closer to the mother. And the sense of safety is triggered physiologically in us at this moment by two main factors. Um, being in that care is soothing touch and gentle vocalizations. And these release oxytocin and opiates in both parents and children, helping the infant feel safe and secure. 
So that's mammalian caregiving system. Next, I would like to quickly refer um, to human life cycle and the stages of learning um, as we're growing. Let's keep a little focus on kindness on the side, right? So as I'm speaking, um, as a baby, um, being on the receiving end of care, we experience oneness um, through affiliation from our mom, dad, um, grandparents, whoever is our primary caregivers at that moment through their kindness and care. And during childhood and teenage, we are learning by seeing repetition and uh, we are taught directly or indirectly from our family, immediate society. And most likely there may be our um, cultural and religious influences. And by the age of adolescence and adulthood, we are mostly involved in relationships and work life. So what happens during these times, by the time we reach adolescent and adulthood? So how about I ask you two sets of questions here? just to stimulate our thinking, yeah. First, has anyone um, uh, was physically hurt in their life? Perhaps um, a cut or a wound or a broken bone? And has it healed? And has anyone been hurt with words. Is there anyone who's still suffering from harsh words that were said to them years ago? Now, the second set of questions is, how often was I or am I kind? I mean, during my adolescence or adulthood, wherever you are in this moment. How often was I or am I kind? And what was my, or is my kindness quotient? Is it going up? Is it going down? Where do I stand? What's happening? Let these questions linger on the back of our mind while we discuss about something. I just would like to quickly share a picture, if I may, just a second. Thought it would be better um, to visually see this picture um, 
just keep this in mind, these three circles, you know, where we usually are is, is safe. And we learn when we are challenged. Right? And we usually oscillate between these three stages while we are out there. And, and these are like stages of learning. And we learn minimum when we are overwhelmed because we're stressed. I'm just going to for a moment. So, the research says that um, we learn um, very well when we are challenged. And um, because of stress, which is when we are overwhelmed, um, we have stress responses. You may all have heard it, um, which is fight, flight, and freeze. So um, being in um, today's busy world, you know, we are often overwhelmed and, and we all are experiencing on the back of our minds unconsciously, either we're fighting or we're running away or we're frozen. Yeah. And in these moments, um, um, our bodily um, threat defense system is getting activated to protect us, which is usually called our, as our reptilian brain. Um, it works really well against the threats to our bodily self. Um, how many of us feel that they are being in continuous stress conditions in today's lives, especially after all that happened in the last two years? I'm sure a lot of us are feeling overwhelmed or we feel overwhelmed um, and it triggers Continuous stress is not really good. So when, but it's happening. And so when we feel overwhelmed, most likely um, we are feeling inadequacy. We're inadequate. Um, most of us may feel inadequate. Studies say that the feeling of inadequacy um, triggers a threat to our self-concept, causing an automatic attack on ourselves, assuming that we are the problem. Um, just to explain that sentence, um, it's like a chain of thoughts um, going from, oh, I shouldn't have done that, to I feel bad about it. I don't like this feeling. I don't want this feeling. How could I have this feeling? Something is wrong with me. And then finally, 
we criticize ourselves or I'm bad. Um, these are quite common self-criticism and self-judgment. It's happening automatically running on the back of our mind. And this leads to conditions like um, anxiety, depression, and so on, when it goes in higher doses. So in other words, it's a stress response turned inward that's causing reactions um, of uh, self-judgment, uh, isolation, rumination, and uh, over-identification. So the question is, how do we disengage when we are moving from safety, challenge, and then suddenly we find ourselves all in the overwhelmed circle, but then we are unable to come back to safety zone. So how do we disengage? And um, how do we regulate that stress? Something that's unavoidable in today's life. The answer is um, through affiliation. It's something that we just heard in the beginning, mammalian curriculum system, bringing back the sense of safety. No. The only difference here is um, returning that care and kindness inwards. And this is called self-kindness, self-kindness. And by adding common humanity aspect to it, to think in a way that, um, that imperfections are part of larger human experience and recognizing that everyone suffers and that I'm not alone. And mindfulness to it regulates difficult emotions. Um, we can overcome um, over-identifying with stress. So um, three aspects, self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. So now I'm coming back to the original question. Um, I'm repeating it that uh, what is the need for self-compassion and how it is related to kindness? The act of compassion by definition contains three aspects, recognizing and empathizing with the pain of another person, along with the wish to help, to elevate, alleviate that suffering, along with the wish and effort to alleviate that suffering. So I would like to quote at this moment um, a meditation teacher from Myanmar that would better explain what I just said about the act of compassion. He said, when the sunshine of loving kindness meets the tears of suffering, 
the rainbow of compassion arises. When the sunshine of loving kindness meets the tears of suffering, the rainbow of compassion arises. For me, that, that makes all sense. I could resonate with my pain that I'm suffering from every time I'm stressed. We are all going through. So let me put it this way. Recognizing our pain in the midst of our suffering and the act to stop attacking ourselves by bringing ourselves back to a zone of safety through affiliation. This is self-compassion. In other words, the act of self-compassion towards ourselves is self-compassion. And this requires um, tools and practices to rewire re re our brains. So this is what we usually cover extensively in our um, standard eight-week mindful self-compassion course. This was developed by Christine Neff and Chris Germer. So here you go, Negin. Um, I hope I have answered um, the question. Yeah, very well, Chandu. Thank you very much for sharing that. So I guess it's time for our uh, practical experience now. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, thank you for uh, putting up with me. And um, it's going to be a, a 20 to 25 minute um, uh, guided exercise. So um, I invite you all uh, to have a quick stretch in case if you feel um, so that we get ready for the guided practice. I'm just going to stretch myself. Feel free to do so. And if you want to adjust yourself sitting in a comfortable position or just bend over and stretch, just feel free to do so. I'm just going to get up very quickly. I'm just here. I'm just stretching. If you'd like to have a, a little water, just feel free. When you're ready, um, allow yourself to settle into a comfortable position. Any way you like. Placing your hands over your heart or wherever it feels supportive for you. Feeling the warmth of your hands.
as a reminder to bring not only awareness, but loving awareness to your experience and to yourself. wherever they feel comfortable. Now, bring to mind a person or other living being who naturally makes you smile. Someone with whom you have an easy relationship. This could be a child, a grandparent, your cat or dog, whomever naturally brings happiness to your heart. If many people or other living beings arise, just choose one. Letting yourself feel what it's like to be in that being's presence. Allowing yourself to enjoy the good company. Create a vivid image of this being in your mind's eye. Now recognize how much this being wishes to be happy and free from suffering, just like you and every other living being, offering wishes to this being by repeating softly and gently, feeling the importance of your words May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. You can use your own words to capture your deepest wishes for your loved one or continue to repeat these phrases. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. When you notice that your mind has wandered, returning to the words and the image of the loved one you have in mind, savoring any warm feelings that may arise, 
taking your time. Now, adding yourself to your circle of goodwill, creating an image of yourself in the presence of your loved one, visualizing you both together, repeating softly and gently, feeling the importance of your words. May you and I be happy. May we be peaceful. May we be healthy. May we live with ease. Now letting go of the image of the other, perhaps thanking your loved one before moving on and then letting the full focus of your attention rest directly on yourself. Beginning to connect with your breathing, feeling the sensation of Breathing in and breathing out. Perhaps offering yourself an inner smile with each relaxing breath. When you're ready, Allowing yourself to be aware of any person that you may have come across during the day or in the recent times. Perhaps that you have noticed someone on the street, on the bus or metro. Or it could be someone who served you at the supermarket or at the cafe. Choosing any one person that may enter your mind. When someone appears, sending something good to that being, perhaps a deep relaxing breath with an inner smile, and then offering good wishes to this being May you be happy and free from suffering. May you be peaceful. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. Thanking this being before you move on to the other and then waiting for the next being to appear in your mind. Lingering with this being for a while and offering good wishes for as long as you like, any way you like. 
lingering for at least a few breaths with each being. By repeating, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be peaceful. May you live with ease. Now, thanking this being before you move on. Gently letting go of the meditation and allowing yourself to feel exactly what you're feeling and to be just as you are. Whenever you're ready, slowly opening your eyes. Thank you. Thank you very much, dear Chandu, for this kind and soothing experience. If any of you are inspired to know more about Chandu, there are more details on how to contact him. I'll keep it on for a few seconds for you to take note of the contact details. Now, the good news is that Chandu is offering the Fundamentals of Self-Compassion course on Be Infinite's platform in January. Um, Chandu, would you like to share a little bit more about this upcoming course with our audience, please? Yes. Um, this course um, is going to be on um, two days, um, two consecutive days. And it's uh, live online um, sessions for about three hours on each day. And um, in this course, we're going to learn um, the basics of self-compassion, um, what it is, what it is not. Um, and a lot of us um, misunderstand self-compassion. So um, we um, knock off all the misgivings of self-compassion. We understand how much research is out there being done and how beneficial self-compassion is in, and it's required um, to disengage ourselves coming back to ourselves um, 
and live healthily um, with well-being. And um, you could see some of the uh, long-term benefits of doing self-compassion practices. And during this course, we're also going to do some guided practices that would enable you to begin practice um, self-compassion in daily life. I just wanted to um, add to that. Thank you, dear Chandu, for sharing. Um, the delivery method is going to be online. Um, the start date of the course is 15th of January, followed by the 16th, as Chandu mentioned. Uh, we will start at 10 a.m. Eastern time, and the course fee is 140 Canadian dollars. All right. Now we are ready to take uh, one or two questions. Um, you can type your questions in the comment section of the Facebook Live, and I will share them with Chandu as we move on. Um, at this point, we have one question. Um, so dear Chandu, one of the, um, our audience is asking, do people have, um, do people who have compassion and kindness for themselves are kinder, kinder towards others? It's, um, it's a very good question. It's a definite yes. Um, when we are able to attend to ourselves in the midst of suffering um, in a very kind and caring way, we automatically, um, um, it, it, it's like an ability that's already there in us to empathize with the pain of others and giving compassion becomes easier and it becomes quite natural. Yes, it's a definite yes. Thank you. The next question is, I wonder if there are certain practices uh, that we need to adopt and perform regularly to be able to maintain a high level of self-compassion. Uh, the, the tools and practices that are taught in the course are very simple um, and, and they are self-caring um, practices and some tips and tools to um, how to and, uh, disengage at the right moment, how to deal with when we are in a distress mode or in a distressed situation and how to handle that. And so we will, we will be coming across different um, you know, tools so which you could use at different moment, whatever suits you. So it's not just one practice and there's no ardent rules or regulations but definitely um, practices what rewires our brain. Um, and of course that's necessary. And in simple ways, we can practice that every day. Um, and that would help us to rewire our brains and come back to health and well-being. Fantastic. And uh, what are the benefits of practicing self-compassion? Um, there are uh, very, um, important uh, long-term benefits of practicing self-compassion. If you don't mind, is it okay if I share a quick um, screen? Can I share Absolutely. my screen? Absolutely, please go ahead. 
gonna play um, there you go so basically what happens is um, when we do self-compassion practices it cultivates good intentions because we are able to be in the present moment um, we are less um, identifying with our stress uh, or distress and uh, we're able to disengage and that develops automatically positive internal conversations because we are using soothing vocalizations on ourselves during these gentle practices and um, um, that automatically develops good moods um, why not you know how not um, so that's um, as we go along it um, it builds calming aspects because we're using affiliation. If you remember mammalian caregiving system, that's it's natural in us, you know. And building a practice of goodwill and compassion um, brings happiness not only for ourselves but for people around us, you know, at home. Um, we have a better life with our family, with our child, our spouse or parents um, and at work in society it perpetuates yeah and, um, and i i can definitely assure um, it has helped me a lot and i can see how uh, i handle myself what stories do i tell myself when i'm distressed it's a big change a definite change and it's just not me there is so much research out there and if you're really interested please go to um, self-compassion.org and it's by Kristen Neff. And there's so much research, um, formal research uh, papers and articles over there. And um, it's very interesting. I would definitely recommend to go a little bit, to do a little search on that. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Tandu, for sharing about your journey. Um, the importance of self-compassion and how it can create more space for kindness towards ourselves and others. Thank you everyone for your presence. We are grateful for your participation and interest. Please stay tuned for more information on the fundamentals of self-compassion course and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter and to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Have a wonderful day and goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Shabnam and Negin. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you.